0: May my God bless you greatly. May the Lord pour many blessings upon you all. May he hear your prayers today. May he hear all of your pleas, your petitions. May my God see the desires and longings of your heart and that the Lord be very close to you, near you, listening, watching you. And there, I hope that you are very reverent, paying great attention to the teaching, to the sermon, because today we're only going to read one chapter, but we we will read with all of our heart to exalt the name of our God, to honor our God, and to tell him how much we love him and how much we long to know him and follow his ways so that he is pleased in all That we are doing for him because we're going to do it with all of our heart and with all our soul. And so you can now have a seat and you can get in your places. And we are going to open our hymnal books in Hymn 233. 233. Hymn 233, titled. My faith looks up to thee. So we'll sing this hymn with great joy for God. Mi
1: fe espera en ti, Cordero, quien por mí fuiste a la cruz. Escucha mi oración, dame tu bendición son tus santalos tu gracia en mi alma pon guarda de mi corazón tu sumo amor tu sangre carmesí diste en la cruz por mí que viva para ti con fiel ardor a Rodalí diré y pruebas hallaré, mi guía sé. Líbrame de ansiedad, guardame en santidad y por la eternidad te alabaré. Mi fe espera en ti. Con ¿Quién por mí fuiste a la cruz? Escucha mi oración, dame tu bendición, llene mi corazón tu santa luz. Tu gracia en mi alma pon, guarde mi corazón tu sumo amor sangre carmesí diste en la cruz por mí que viva para ti con fiel ardor a rudal iré y pruebas hallaré mi guía sé líbrame de ansiedad guarda mensaje
0: Glory to my God. And so this will be that for all eternity, we will be praising our God. And as I said to you before, we are going to be reading just one chapter in the Bible, and it has 46 verses. And I hope that we don't run out of time. But I want to continue with the sermon that we gave last Thursday concerning the 10 commandments. The commandments God gave to Moses on Mount Sinai after they had left Egypt and passed through the Red Sea and they camped in the wilderness In a place the place the area of the mountain was Sinai and God manifested himself there to Moses now it says that Moses spent 40 days 40 nights on the mountain speaking with God and God delivered over to him the Ten Commandments written on tablets of stone And God wrote on those tablets of stone, he wrote his commandments and gave them to Moses so he could teach the people of Israel so that he could teach the people of Israel to keep those commandments. And that those who kept the commandments would have eternal life, would live for God. All of those who kept the commandments Of God they would have life peace and joy God taught Moses now aside from that the Lord also gave rules decrees other teachings concerning how the people of Israel needed to conduct themselves from there on out to know the ways of God and know God's will God there began to make himself known to his people and so he told moses to write in a scroll a book the rest of the rules statutes decrees that he ought to write them so that he could then teach the people of israel but the law He did write his commandments on the tablets of stone. Now we find in the New Testament, we find that when our Lord Jesus Christ came to preach his gospel, and well, he began to also teach the law and explain it and keep it so that he could then abolish it on the cross of Calvary and remove what, All the rituals, the ritual side of it was some rules, some decrees, some things that were only used as a symbol or a shadow, a metaphor of what was to come in the gospel of Jesus Christ. All of this, the Lord there then abolished and removed on the cross of Calvary. And then he said to them, well, from here on out, no one would be saved through the law of Moses. Not the commandments of our Lord which is different but the rituals which were the sacrifices and other things foods and beverages and that no one would be saved through the law of Moses but now a new phase in, li- in the life of human beings would start which was free salvation the Lord was offering to all of those who would believe in Jesus Christ in the Savior and so the Lord he taught And he said the Holy Spirit will come he will continue on in this plan of salvation and God now would no longer write that law that law he would not write it on those tablets of stone as he did so in the beginning with Moses but now those laws the God's Commandments they would continue to stand and be valid they would now be written in the hearts of men and women who would convert to the true gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That the Lord would now write the commandments in the tablet, or the tablet that is our heart, no longer in a tablet of stone, no longer in scrolls or books, but now in the tablet of our heart. He would write it, and so that is so. And so the Lord has today written his word. His manifestation his presence his function his work of teaching we feel it in our heart we feel it in our being in our life daily but it is important that we today that we are living this new phase in our Lord living now free salvation with a different method no longer was it to perform sacrifices of animals no longer was it to keep up with the rituals but it is it is now a different way we as the living sacrifice those rituals well it is us now practicing and doing many things to please god and of course turning away from all evil in order to keep and do god's will That we must of course keep his commandments in order to attain eternal life but it is important as I said before we must read in the Old Testament how it all started what the how it it all started this plan of salvation and how the people the holy people perfect people for God started he wanted to form a holy people a physical people for himself but as this plan was not fully achieved and later on the Lord did set a plan to have a spiritual nation a spiritual people it would no longer be physical but now would be spiritual as a spiritual rule a spiritual reign although the people that made up the Church of God they are physical nevertheless the Holy Spirit who is the one transforming beings and that person changes and continues to follow God and spirit and truth so all of those physical material things that were done in the Old Testament in the time of antiquity well we today we no longer practice because we do it in a different way but God he did tell Moses He gave him a list of blessings and he told Moses well if the people of Israel keep all of my commandments and do them I will give them many blessings and he gave him a list that today we will read now we find this list of blessings and also consequences or punishment for disobedience now blessings for obedience Those that are obedient and consequences or punishment for disobedience now there's a list here in Leviticus 26 but we also have it in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and chapter 28 but once again they are just repeated although Moses he is giving more clarity and going far deeper into what these blessings for disobedience and the consequences for disobedience are but today we will strictly read in Leviticus 26 Leviticus 26 now if you do want when you take some time out to read the Bible you can read in Deuteronomy chapter 7 and Deuteronomy chapter 28 you can read so that you can reinforce what today you're going to learn or maybe not learn so much maybe but actually go over review because I'm sure you've heard all of this and we've taught it but today we're going to just review these chapters concerning the blessings that God was going to give those that are obedient and first, let's read those bless the, the blessings, and later we will read the consequences, the punishment that we won't like very much, but we must be realistic and we must learn from this. And we must be conscious of what God established in our hands, what he has put in our hands and in our presence, even from that time, from the time of Moses. God gave his word, he gave his commandments, his orders. And even to this day we need to keep those commandments God's commandments God's commandments were not removed on the cross of Calvary they continued to be valid our Lord Jesus Christ emphasized on saying if you love me keep my commandments and he asked a young man and he says what can I do to have eternal life well he says well keep the commandments do you know them he says yes I know them and he listed them out for him And the lord said very good you know the commandments but you're missing one that you should not be so greedy and that you should share with the poor because you're very wealthy you have great riches so why don't you share with those who are poor why aren't you more generous and share don't be so selfish and greedy you lack this this is what the lord said to him and so the lord was always teaching the commandments god's commandments and today we can keep the commandments of god with greater ease because we have the holy spirit who helps us very good now here in leviticus 26 once the lord on on mount sinai he gave the the laws or the commandments on the tablets of stone those ten commandments which we went over last thursday in those 40 days and 40 nights that moses was on Mount Sinai speaking with the Lord. The Lord told him, write in a book, everything I'm going to tell you. And the Lord would speak to him, instruct him, and Moses would write. And aside from that, that God gave Moses many revelations, revelations of things that happened from the very beginning of time when God created Adam and Eve. So God revealed all of that to Moses. This is why these books exist. It's the Pentateuch. Pentateuch which is the narration of all that God revealed to Moses and so the Lord tells Moses on the mountain he tells him to write in a book and he says I will instruct you all of the blessings for obedience the people they need to obey me and for those that are obedient and they submit themselves and and fulfill my commandments they keep my commandments and he says in verse 1 the lord says you shall not make idols for yourselves so the lord was telling moses tell the people of israel that they should not make idols or any carved image nor a sacred pillar shall you rear up for yourselves nor shall you set up an engraved stone in your land to bow down to it for i am the lord your god he is a god in spirit god is spirit and he does not need an idol to be created or any type of carved image to honor to revere it and say, you are my God. You are he in who I trust. He forbids it here. The Lord forbids these things. Some might say, well, our carved images, our statues, our paintings, they they are actually more about saints, like St. Matthew, maybe a St. Lorenzo, St. Catherine, St. Mary, all of these different saints. So people say, okay, well, it's for them. I'm not saying that this statue or this idol is God. I'm saying that it's St. Sebastian, Or another saint, or the virgin of such a nation, such and such nation, or the virgin of the rock, or the virgin that appears in the lagoon. I'm saying that these people, they have worked miracles for me. This is what people say. And since these people have worked miracles for me, I've made an image, a statue, a carved image, and we honor them. We believe in them and we bow down before them and we pray and we ask things of them. This is what people say. Now, people justify themselves in saying that their idols, their statues, their carved images, they are of people who supposedly were very good in life and have died. Well, then God would say to you, He will say, Well, You have no need to honor, to praise any human being and much less make an image or a statue, a carved uh, image of someone who cannot see or hear and change and trade my presence for those statues, those images of those saints that you say you honor. So God would come in to be very zealous and to tell us, I have taught you that you only must honor and praise God only him seek him pray to him and ask him all that you want bow down before him with your eyes shut because he is spirit this is what the Lord would say this is what I have taught you why aren't you doing it and why are you honoring st. Sebastian And other saints, if they are not so powerful as I am very powerful, the Lord, our God would say. And then the Lord would then tell you, why are you worshiping those saints or those virgins, whatever you want to call them, if they have no power? They have no say or part in this world and much less a statue made of wood or any type of metal or rock any type of element of the earth that people make these images from there is no power in these statues it is god the only one you must honor and praise in spirit this is what i say to you because all of these things i have heard from other people when they would justify themselves and what they do and so the lord is telling moses do not make any idols carved images statues nothing so people sometimes say well saint sebastian has worked so many miracles for me and i have the statue of saint sebastian how can i not honor him god is angry with that he forbid it and he said do not make any any images any idols here on earth nor of heaven nor beneath the waters no object should be made of anything that exists the lord completely forbid it and then the lord He says in verse 2 you shall keep my Sabbaths now the day the Sabbaths that was in reference to that physical Saturday because that Saturday that Sabbath represented in the future the Messiah the Redeemer the Savior he would be that perfect Sabbath now in this time it was the Saturday and this is why the Lord demanded that the people of Israel honor and keep the sabbath that that day they ought not to work for the lord was not so much observing the physical day but seeing the future in the future that messiah that he would send who did deserve all the honor and glory now in verse 3 if you walk in my statues statutes now the lord told to moses if you, to tell the people of Israel, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and perform them, then I will give you rain in its season. Now, these are the blessings God will begin to give. I will give rain in its season. Of course, what is rain used for? Rain in its season? Well, it waters plants, the fruit of the earth, food, food with which we are then nourished by. Although we live in large cities, wherever you go to the grocery store, you find things with great ease. Now, if we were to maybe research how difficult it was for that food to reach those grocery stores, we would say, well, wow, these people who've had to work so hard out in the farms, Work the land in order to sow and plant and then take care of the crops and watch over them so that animals or even weeds come and destroy the food. And then we have nothing left to eat. Us human beings would have nothing to eat. And now, if it doesn't rain, well, then everything dries up and there are no products. There is no fruit. And so God said, If you keep my commandments, well, you will never lack rain, meaning. You will never lack food everything that you need you will have an abundance it says I will give you rain in its season the land shall yield its produce and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit meaning nothing would go to waste all of the crops everything would be fruitful and abundant so that human beings could feed from them all of these are God's blessings Your threshing shall last till the time of vintage, and the vintage shall last till the time of sowing. You shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. Now the Lord here is speaking of the abundance of what is sowed, abundance of all of the crops, abundance of all of the fruits that were gathered, abundance, and also that the people of Israel would be full would be eating all of these products because the earth would be yielding good fruit and no one would suffer any needs. No one would suffer of any hunger or thirst. All of these were blessings and they are blessings even to this day because today, well, we need rain. We need rain in its season. And sometimes when we see the forces of nature, they sort of stray away from their limits and it rains during the season where it shouldn't rain. Well, then the crops, they go to waste. Food goes to waste. And so God was right. The blessings in that time, well, we today are also enjoying. Verse six, I will give peace in the land and you shall lie down and none will make you afraid. I will rid the land of evil beasts, and the sword will not go through your land, meaning war. War will not go through your land. these blessings, these promises God was making to his people Israel who were in the wilderness and had left Egypt through the hand of Moses. Now in verse 7, we continue with the blessings. You will chase your enemies and they shall fall by the sword before you. The enemies, it says here, you shall chase your enemies and they will be defeated. That is God's blessing for the people because God was telling them, you need to keep my commandments. Verse eight, five of you shall chase a hundred and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight your enemies shall fall by the sword before you implying here that in any war with their enemies their enemies could have 10,000 soldiers and the people of Israel could have maybe a hundred but whatever was going to happen in that fight or war God would be with them and it was going to be as if it were opposite that the very few would seem larger that the people of Israel those who were doing God's will those who the promise of blessings fell upon well it would be as if they were a multitude and they would defeat their enemies even if they were greater in number and verse 9 for I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful multiply you and confirm my covenant with you you shall eat the old harvest and clear out the old because of the new implying here that they could eat Food that was old today well we can't quite eat some food that has now it passed the expiration date to eat it so we do need to look at the expiration date on the product okay well it's expired we can't eat it anymore if you eat it well it's probably going to hurt your body you're going to get sick but in that time the blessing of God was so great that he said you can eat everything that's expired all the old food that's past due it's going to be fine it won't harm you this is the blessing to you so that the food does not hurt you and you will always have in abundance you will keep all of your products safe nothing will go go bad and everything everything here is a blessing and so it says here they'll eat the old harvest now verse 11 I will set my tabernacle among you another blessing he said I will set my tabernacle among you meaning the Lord was going to was planning on ordering Moses to build a tabernacle so that the Lord could dwell in this tabernacle. And there, the Sabbaths, the people would go there to praise and glorify God. And every day or once a year, the high priest would go to speak with God in this tabernacle. And so this is why this was God's blessing as well. He says, I will set my tabernacle among you. And that was referencing his temple. Verse 12 i will walk among you and be your god and you shall be my people and what a very beautiful blessing that is he says i will walk among you god was with them and be your god and you shall be my people but they did not enjoy this blessing we here are reading the blessings for obedience but they did not enjoy the blessings we could say that today those who are congregating in the church those who have known god and the holy spirit is in our midst we can say that god is walking among us and as you can see this promise our lord jesus christ made this promise when he said the holy spirit He says he will be with you and he will be in you what a beautiful promise that is this verse verse 12 it was not fulfilled in that time that blessing the people of Israel lost because they turned away from God and did not keep God's commandments but we today our lord jesus christ has allowed this verse 12 to be fulfilled today in our lives because the lord says that his tabernacle he places it among us and while we consider that the lord is dwelling in our heart The Lord has sent His Holy Spirit. The Lord gives us His Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is with us. He is among us. He is in us as well. And so this verse 12, in that time, the people of Israel did not enjoy this blessing. We today are enjoying this marvelous blessing. In verse 13, it reads, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke And made you walk upright and so he says he has made them walk upright so the Lord here spoke few blessings here and this is why I I invite you to later on read in Deuteronomy 7 and Deuteronomy 28 for there you'll find the rest of the blessings that the Lord offered Or maybe on another day, we'll also read these additional chapters to support and complement all of these blessings. And so how sad it is now, brothers and sisters, that after God tells Moses, gives him the list of all the blessings, now comes the list of all the consequences, the punishment for those who were not going to keep the commandments, God's orders. Now we're going to read... But with sadness in our heart here. Verse 14 says, These are the consequences for disobedience, the disobedience of the people of Israel. But if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, meaning the commandments we went over last Thursday, the commandments from the tablets of stone, and it says, And if you despise my statutes, Or if your soul abhors my judgments so these statutes judgments it's the same thing so that you do not perform all my commandments meaning you are not practicing and keeping those commandments it says but break my covenant in breaking the covenant the Lord says I also will do this to you the Lord is saying here for this is for the disobedient those who have abhorred the statutes of our lord despise them they have not performed the commandments and they have broken the, co- the covenant the lord had made with them the lord then says and he says in verse 16 i also will do this to you i will even appoint terror over you wasting disease and fever which shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart And you shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. How sad. They will sow, and the enemies, they would come and siege them, and they would not allow them to enjoy the fruit of their land, the fruit of their harvest, but their enemies would be eating all of their products, and they would be dying of hunger because they were disobedient. This is the consequence for disobedience to God and and please know these blessings and these curses we can also call these curses that God placed here they have been fulfilled generation after generation not just for the people of Israel who lived them they lived the consequences and the punishment but the rest of the world the rest of mankind have suffered the consequences of all of these written curses because all of them have turned away from God and they began to sin to live in abominations before God and this is why all of these punishments he is sent not just to the people of Israel in the time of antiquity but he also sent upon all the nations even to this day even to this day in the world In many countries many places people suffer the consequences for disobedience and of having turned away from God and forgotten God altogether and because they do not call upon the true God the creator of the heavens and earth but rather the world is following after foreign gods each has a different religion each has a different God And so everything we're going to read here concerning a punishment the consequences you'll see that you have perhaps seen this in people who have lived and are living all of these things all of this type of suffering due to their disobedience all of the punishments that the Lord here established now this was not just for the people of Israel today we also experience all of these things now in verse 17 i will set my face against you and you shall be defeated by your enemies those who hate you shall reign over you and you shall flee when no one pursues you so all of this happened to the people of israel and not just the people of israel but it does happen to all those who live completely turned away from god verse 18 and after all this if you do not obey me then i will punish you seven times more for your sins I will break the pride of your power. I will make your heavens like iron and your earth like bronze. And your strength shall be spent in vain. For your land shall not yield its produce, nor shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. Meaning there will be no food. There will be shortage of food. And not just that that happened in the time of the people of israel but it happens even to this day in many places around the world there's great poverty and there's shortage of food verse 21 then if you walk contrary to me and are not willing to obey me i will bring on you seven times more plagues according to your sins and so the lord said that according to your sins well then I will bring upon you plagues and there are people who say God is unjust God has forgotten his creation and why should God punish us why should different nations suffer through many difficulties and children and the elderly why should they suffer God is unjust but we are reading here that God was not unjust God set laws and ordinances asking men to live an upright, righteous life and to follow him. But people did not do this. No one did this. Not even the people of Israel who were his people did this, much less the other nations. And so we must suffer the consequences of all this. God is not unjust. It is only that we, all of mankind, we are those who turned away from God. And we are now suffering the consequences of of all of this. Now, verse 22, I will also send wild beasts among you which shall rob you of your children, destroy your livestock and make you few in number and your highways shall be desolate. Well, all of this, we have heard this happens. We've heard this happen a very long time ago and it happens today. We hear about all of these different types of things that happen with the different beasts, animals, and also the destruction of livestock And there is uh, less products in order for men to survive verse 23 and if by these things you are not reformed by me but walk contrary to me then I also will walk contrary to you and I will punish you yet seven times for your sins and I will bring a sword against you that will execute the vengeance of the covenant when you are gathered together within your cities I will send pestilence among you pestilence such as the one that we are living currently with, the pandemic, the coronavirus. That is what we call a pestilence. And now the Lord says, because they have turned away from his ways, he would be sending pestilence. And so let this not be strange. Everything that we are living, God is angry with mankind. God is upset. He was angry with the people of Israel in the time of antiquity, and now the Lord is angry with mankind today he says verse 26 when i have cut off your supply of bread ten women shall bake your bread in one oven and they shall bring back your bread by weight and you shall eat and not be satisfied so meaning there would be shortage there would be a reduction there would not be enough food verse 27 and after all this if you do not obey me The Lord is saying but if you do not obey me but walk contrary to me if you oppose my will he says then I also will walk contrary to you in fury and I even I will chastise you seven times for your sins you shall eat the flesh of your sons and you shall eat the flesh of your daughters now how sad this all is all of this came to pass in the time of antiquity we hear of this in the books of Kings In chronicles as well we find the very sad story when Jerusalem was sieged and as they were sieged they ran out of food and no one could come in or out of the city so people began to die of hunger and as they had no food to eat well women would kill their own children and eat them because that was how hungry they were and the city remained under siege because the Lord delivered Jerusalem into the hands of their enemies, which were their neighboring nations, kings and rulers of the neighboring nations. So this verse came to pass. And now we, we haven't maybe seen the entire world. we we don't know in what other country there are people who do eat other people, people who eat other human beings because maybe perhaps there is nothing else to eat and how many times may has or has this probably occurred I'm sure it has happened many times and so all of this is a punishment a consequence for disobedience and turning away from God's way verse 30 I will destroy your high places the high places while people would select a a mountain a a small heap the highest place they would then create an altar they would build an altar for their God or th- sometimes they would place a carved image a statue upon that little mountain and people would come up and down honor it praise it worship it these are those high places they would pick these high places so that everyone from afar could see their God could see the god that they should worship so they would also offer sacrifices to that god to that sacrifice to that statue those are the high places that the bible mentions it says i will destroy your high places cut down your incense altars and cast your carcasses on the lifeless forms of your idols and my soul shall abhor you and so the lord says i I will reject you all because of you because you are doing these things now in that time the people of Israel did those things and today well different religions and different beliefs are still doing this they worship idols statues they have high places for their idols verse 31 I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation The sanctuaries, well, they are also those high places because they turn it into a sanctuary where people run to go visit that saint, that idol to look upon the idol or the statue of St. Nicholas or St. Martin. So they create the statue on that high place. And so everyone comes and it spreads throughout the nations. The neighboring nations come to go see it. And even today, people maybe even take a flight to visit another city, to visit and see those statues, and to honor them, to praise them, and do many other things. This is what people do even to this day. Well, how is the Lord not going to be upset? How is the Lord not going to be angry? And people today say, well, God has abandoned us. He's forsaken us. No, it was us who were unfaithful to God. Now it says here, I will lay your cities waste and bring your sanctuaries to desolation, and I will not smell the fragrance of your sweet aromas, meaning the incense, all of those aromas that they would use to please God and offer to God as a sacrifice. People also did that to, the stat- to their statues, their carved images. He says, I, verse 33, I will scatter you among the nations and draw out a sword after you. The Lord here is speaking to the people of Israel, telling them that he was going to scatter them throughout many nations and there they would be humiliated and punished. Your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. And so 34, then the land shall enjoy its Sabbaths as long as it lies desolate and you are in your enemy's land then the land shall rest and enjoy its Sabbath so the Lord said that even the land that physical land was going to be tired of the human beings of all of their sins and their abominations and the Lord was going to scatter them and he was going to punish them and the land was finally going to rest and this did come to pass when Jerusalem was destroyed and a group of people were taken to Babylon and well the land rested for 70 years Seventy years, there were there were no inhabitants. There was nothing, and the land rested. Until the 70 years passed in Babylon, the Lord then ordered Ezra, Nehemiah, and prophets Zechariah, Malachi, and Haggai to return back to Jerusalem to rebuild the city and to rebuild the temple and to make things different. But the land did rest for 70 years. As the Lord said here, it said that you... In the land of your enemies, they were living in the land of their enemies, and the land there in Jerusalem it did rest and enjoy its Sabbaths, as it says here. Now, in verse 35 as long as it lies desolate, the land shall rest. For the time it did not rest on your Sabbaths when you dwelt in it, why? Because they were sinning, they were living. In idolatry and many abominations, and this is why the land did not rest. Verse 36. And as for those of you who are left, I will send faintness into their hearts in the land of their enemies. The sound of a shaken leaf shall cause them to flee. They shall flee as though fleeing from a sword, and they shall fall when no one pursues. So basically the Lord was going to make, these, make them cowardly, fearful that they would hear these leaves. And they would think that they would be soldiers that were after them. So much was the fear and the terror that the Lord instilled in them that this made them full of bitterness, filled them with sadness and and worry and all of these these things. The fear, fear invaded them. So they had no peace. They had no joy. They were slaves, being servants and slaves of the other nations, humiliated humiliated without having their freedom the freedom to do what they were used to doing and so all of this punishment the Lord put upon the people of Israel in that time and also today we see the nations who have turned away from God well they are also suffering in many places many countries suffering all of these different difficulties and situations and things that happen in the world that not just with the forces of nature but also wars among different countries hatred with the different rulers and persecution and well we we do we see all of these things and the lord has allowed it because mankind has turned away from god human beings do not want to acknowledge that a living god exists verse 36 and as for those of you who are left i will send well we read this 36 that the lord instilled cowardness and fear in them verse 37 they shall stumble over one another as it were before a sword when no one pursues and you shall have no power to stand before your enemies now they would be such cowards that they they would think that they were being pursued but it was actually not happening verse 38 you shall perish among the nations and the land of your enemies shall eat you up and those of you who are left shall waste away in their iniquity in your enemies lands also in their father's iniquities which are with them they shall waste away but if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me and that they also have walked contrary to me and that i also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies if their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt so the Lord here was speaking of all of the things that they were going to do of all the things that they would fall into in disobedience and sin and all of these punishments came upon them and not just them I repeat people of all nations all of mankind we have suffered the consequences of all of this punishment the sickness the persecution the pestilence the sicknesses those illnesses that are incurable diseases that not even medical science have been able to discover the antidote or the medication for so we have also lived these things in the world and people blame the government. People say, well, it's the government's fault, or it's the president's fault, or such and such president is a bad president. No, no one is a bad president. It's not the president, it's not the governor, it's not the king, it's mankind themselves who have sought out all of these evil things and everything that is written here is being lived today. And so why should we blame other people of the things that happened, but rather we should say, well, We are not in good standing with God. We have been sinning. We are living in in deceit and conning people, lying to people, envying people. We live in constant uh, breaking the law, deceit and completely turned away from God. We don't praise God. We do not seek God, but on the contrary, everyone has made up their own religion to their liking so that they live their life and say well they are pleasing god so then they say they are very religious very devoted but devoted to who devoted to their own ignorance far from the living god the true god because if they lived by the side of the true living god then he would help us he helps to take away the sinful tendency of our life of our heart and we would be perfect holy we would do things right and so people would begin to be well mannered honest honorable upright they would be a person that is wise who acts with righteousness and an equity a person who is honest in every sense of the word if they walked with God, if they sought the real true living God, but if they incline upon those beliefs and those gods, because, well, how easy it is to find those gods and follow them, because, well, since those gods don't speak, they can't tell you, stop sinning. Stop being envious. Stop being a liar. Stop being an adulterer, a fornicator, stop stealing from others stop conning people and stop charging people uh, with usury charging high interests upon people help people those who are in need those statues those idols that do not teach they don't tell you any of that they say nothing and aside from that the idol you need to protect it because if you don't protect it well any given day Someone could chop off a hand, a finger, a leg, and then your God was not able to defend himself. But you as a human being, you need to do everything for it because it has no power to defend itself. How is it that you do not reason? How is it you do not think of these things? How is it that you are not practical and realistic and logical to think all of this and turn away from that and to say, truly, I'm mistaken. Truly, I'm ignorant. Truly, God is a spiritual being. He's not physical, something material. And look at my life, my sins, everything I've done, all the evil things I do, all the bad things I've done in life. This is why God has turned away. This is why God orders nature for sometimes it not to fulfill and keep its duties that if it doesn't rain in its season but it rains in the next month when we no longer need the rain when all of the crops the food everything we've sowed has dried out why is it then us human beings why don't we think why don't we reason why are we not logical and think and not blaming that The blame is on the president. The blame is on the governor or the prime minister or the the secretary because it's their fault. They did not know how to lead the nation. We are all guilty. Mankind is guilty. Mankind is turned away from God. But I do invite you to know this true God. To know this God in spirit and truth that rules over the entire universe and earth and it's not just this god whom in the time of antiquity he was the god of the people of israel that god is now the god of all of us because of his mercy because of his promises and his word and he said in the future he would send the redeemer the messiah the savior he would send him To gather all his people all his followers those who would truly love him those who would keep his commandments and do his will and this Redeemer this perfect king would be ruling and he would be gathering many souls many people from all over the world men and women who are willing to follow God's path this was the marvelous promise And this was the divine plan. And our Lord Jesus Christ came to execute this plan to reconcile, to reconcile human beings with God. Because God had turned away. Here, he turned away from the people of Israel and he left them alone. For the people of Israel did not obey his commandments, but they became idolaters. And when the messiah the redeemer came he stepped in and told the father we must give this mankind humanity another opportunity we must give them a chance i'm going to be the one in charge i make the commitment of saving them changing them changing their hearts into a new heart for them to convert to you, to seek you, praise you, for them to no longer sin. I will take charge of this, Father. And this is what the Lord said, and they made their covenant. And this is why the Lord had to suffer. Because he became a human being in order to carry out this marvelous work. And he suffered the consequences of all that a human being suffers. And there on the cross of Calvary, on that in that beautiful covenant, the Lord begins to transform lives. Because he sends the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit begins to transform hearts, to change people's mindsets, the mindsets of men and women to live a new life, a life that is upright before God. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he does this marvelous work. He keeps the commandments. He fulfills all of the law of Moses in order to then abolish it on the cross of Calvary to tell people, you from here on out, Will no longer be saved through the law of Moses but you will now be saved by believing in me because I will be the one in charge of giving you new life I will forgive your sins and I will allow you to become new women new men and that way you are able to attain eternal life this was the work that was the Lord's function this is why today we are The church we are the congregation the church of god ministry ministry of jesus christ international god has made us a calling over 50 years ago and told us to congregate that he would be bringing many people and he himself would bring them and he would convert the hearts and he would be working miracles and signs and blessing people giving them peace joy that he would be making his ways known to all that he would teach us his doctrine his word that he would teach us the correct way in following and attaining eternal life. We today are enjoying all of these blessings. We are all enjoying them. And so the Lord, he has now come to gather many people from all over the world, not just the people of Israel, like in that time, it was just the people of Israel. But today it is people of many different nations. Whoever has an open heart to hear God's word and accept it and to follow God's ways. The Lord, with his love, God, with his mercy, brings them to him. And he says, come, come to me, come and follow me, follow me. And so the Lord and we say, Lord, yes, we are here. We are here, Lord. Send us, Lord, use us, use us for the work of evangelizing. Take us, take us by your mighty hand. And so this is the work the Lord is doing now worldwide. He is allowing his children to evangelize and to speak of God's power and to teach people. This is why the Bible, it is the book that speaks to us about God and that truly it is real. We cannot doubt this book for everything that is written here God has brought to life. We have seen this. We today, we have seen God manifest himself, bringing all of this to life, bringing to life All that is written in this book so we cannot doubt it so this is the invitation for you to read read and find this path of God find what God wants you to do in order to attain eternal life and also to live your life pleasing him in all things and so this marvelous plan of the Redeemer of wanting to save not just one nation but people of many nations and so no longer blame presidents or the government in charge. Blame yourself. This is why everyone lives disorderly because it is a chain. Someone who who sins, it is then a chain that is linked to another one and linked to another one. And so that one sins and this one sins. And since they are all sinning, well, then all of the situations, all things are not going well. It's complete disorder, it becomes chaos. Everything is chaos. there are, there was then need, hunger, war, disturb, disturbances, conflicts, battles. There's many wars and people are not uh, conformed. people demand things of other people and they can't help. they have no power. All, all are there incapable of resolving issues. Resolving problems incapable of satisfying people. God is the only one that can satisfy us. He is the only one that can change everything and make everything perfect. This is why we need to love God. Seek him, follow him. For he is the one that gives solutions to all conflict, all the problems that exist in society. Problems, no one can resolve them, only God. And so here, now we were reading in verse 42, verse 41, and that I also have walked contrary to them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham I will remember. I will remember the land. This covenant the Lord made with Abraham, and that the Lord swore to Abraham that he would be the father of many nations, meaning that he would save many people of different nations, the Lord would remember. And he said, well, I need to keep this covenant. Verse 43, the land also shall be left empty by them and will enjoy its Sabbaths while it lies desolate without them. They will accept their guilt because they despised my judgments and because their soul abhorred my statutes. Yet for all that, when they are in the land of their enemies, I will not cast them away, nor shall I abhor them to utterly destroy them and break my covenant with them. For I am the Lord, their God. But for their sake, I will remember the covenant of their ancestors. The covenant of their ancestors is the covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt in the sight of the nations, that I might be their God. I am the Lord these are the statutes and judgments and laws which the lord made between himself and the children of israel on mount sinai by the hand of moses and well the lord remembered the covenant the people of israel failed god and they were blanketed by all of these punishments but i invite you or perhaps I'll read in Deuteronomy concerning all of the sicknesses and all of the things the Lord would be sending to the world because of the disobedience of the people and as the people sinned all of the other nations sinned as well this is why the Lord sent punishment worldwide and there we will learn concerning the punishments and we will recognize that well People are not at fault, there's no bad leaders, but all of mankind is the one who has caused the disorder in mankind because they have turned away from God's ways, not doing God's will because it is God who gives peace and perfection. It is God who helps to lead so that we all live well and healthy in peace and happiness. That's it. My dear brothers and sisters, my dear people who are listening and who have not yet arrived to the church. And lastly, we're going to read in First John, 1 John chapter 2. This is to show us that the commandments that the Lord gave Moses on the tablets of stone, they were not abolished on the cross of Calvary but are still valid to this day. Today in this path which is the kingdom of heaven, the perfect gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faith, the path of faith. So 1 John chapter 2 verse 1 2 verse 6. 2 Chapter 2, 1 to 6. My little children, this was written by the evangelist John. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, because our Lord Jesus Christ is who came to forgive the sins and to reconcile man with God through the cross of Calvary. Verse 2. And he, meaning Jesus Christ, he himself is the propitiation of for our sins and not for ours only but also for the whole world so you see not just our sins but for the whole world all of those who convert to god now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments and so the commandments are valid they stand he who says i know him meaning god i know the lord jesus christ And does not keep his commandments. This person is a liar. And the truth is not in him. In this person. They are lying. Because they say I know God. But they do not keep the commandments. But they live in sin. So they are a liar. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word or his commandments. Truly. The love of God is perfected in him, meaning men, men or women. So by this, we know that we are in him, in the Lord. He who says he abides in him, the Lord ought himself also to walk. Just as he walked, meaning he walked in holiness. Without sin, without offending God, without committing any abominations and without turning away from God. But being with God, that will be the only way that we will have a holy, upright life with God's help. And also, it will be the only way to have peace on earth with all of our different governments in this society. Having peace is having God in our heart. This will help us to have peace and for us to love one another, that we are able to get along with people in this society that we are living in now. And so, God is the only one who can help us. And the commandments of God, we must keep them. And later we will read because I know that you will read, but maybe you won't understand. And then you'll, you'll say, I don't understand, but I will be here to then read and go over all of the other blessings and the other consequences. And this will greatly help our spiritual life because this will allow us to commit ourselves to God and to say to God, Lord, I am here. Send me. Lord, come to my life. I am here, Lord. I am here. I will be with you and you will be with me. That's it. This is what we desire. This is what God wants us to understand in his path, his word, and that we love him with all of our heart. Let us now pray to the Lord, O blessed God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, blessed Almighty God, God of Moses. For you are that mighty God who spoke to Moses and you gave him the commandments on Mount Sinai. And you spoke to him and you taught him. You gave him orders to write in a book all of the things, all of the statutes, judgments, and all of that he did, Lord. How beautiful, how beautiful that all of this was left written and your commandments. But how sad it is, Lord, that human beings were not able to keep. Any of these things, and they contradicted you, and they did evil. They turned away from your path, turned away from your ways. And this is why you sent all of the punishment. You sent it to the world, you sent it to mankind, and all of us. We have been victims of suffering, victims of all of these trying times and situations and difficulties that have happened in the world. And many people who even to this day suffer hunger, nakedness, sickness, and all types of different harm. But Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, because you sent the Savior. You sent the Messiah. You sent our Redeemer, our King, our Prince. You sent him so that he could lighten our burdens, so that he could help us to carry the burden and that he would suffer alongside us all of the pains of sin and the consequences of sin of all of the suffering. And you, my Lord, in your mercy, you allowed him to come so that we could be reconciled with you, Lord, or that you would reconcile yourself with us because you were very angry. Thank you, Lord, for sending the Savior. Thank you having this pure perfect gospel thank you because we are enjoying the kingdom of heaven starting now we are enjoying the perfect gospel and we want to do your will and keep your commandments we want to please you and we also want to bring many many people many men and women bring them to the kingdom of heaven that they may listen to us and you may support us, Lord, so that we may speak to them of your word and for them to believe and repent and seek you with their whole heart. Thank you, my Father. Thank you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. And now I ask you, Lord, that you extend your delivering hand and that you cut and remove all incurable diseases and sicknesses in the body, physical sicknesses, that we know all of this was a product of disobedience but lord your mercy is great your mercy is forever and we ask you with the love that you have had for us and your mercy we ask that you extend your hand that you deliver and that you remove witchcraft and sorcery curses of the devil that have been placed upon people that you remove sicknesses psychological illnesses Physical sicknesses, that you break all ties of the enemy, all chains may they be cut. May you destroy all evil. May you give freedom and healing. May you give peace and joy to each person. Give them joy. There are many people that are suffering. They feel alone. They feel misunderstood in their life. Sentimentally, they are unhappy. Lord, I pray that you give all of these people joy. These men who are alone and want to have a partner and women who are alone and want to have a spouse and they want to have that love and enjoy this matter of love. That's how many people express themselves, that they feel alone and that you, Lord, are also powerful and mighty enough to grant these people that happiness. Lord, may you observe and may you resolve all issues. And all the things that people are going through and what they ask of you, Lord, that you give them joy, happiness, love, and understanding in the marriages and households and with their families, that you give a blessing to each, but that all may remember you and love you, Lord, and seek you with all of their heart. Thank you, my Father. Thank you for listening to our prayer, for listening to our pleas. Thank you, eternal God. Praises and glory be to your name. We thank you once again, Lord, for listening to us. Thank you for looking upon us. Thank you, Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, amen. Glory to the Lord. Toma, por favor, mi
1: mano, Señor, contigo quiero ir. Con sangre aquí, pagaste por mí, te quiero... Señor, contigo quiero ir, toma por favor mi mano Señor, contigo quiero ir, con sangre aquí Pagaste por mí Te quiero Hoy, hoy servir, servir. Ha-
0: Thank you, Holy Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, thank you, Lord. May my Lord bless you greatly. May my God be with you. May he hear you and bless you. Thank you. Until next time.